Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the podcast for anyone who's ever felt the nagging frustration of wondering if her life is too small, too boring, or too ordinary to make a difference. We're here to explore the surprising ways that cultivating ordinary life leads to extraordinary stories. I'm Lisa Joe, tea drinker, lawyer in another life, and South African by birth, if you're wondering about the accent. I have three very loud kids, a husband who's never run through an airport to stop me getting on a flight, and I write about how to love your middle, the years and the muffin top both. And I'm Christy. Once upon a time, I got my PhD in English Lit, planning on a particular kind of life. But a few years later, I traded the classroom for a picket-fenced garden and an old farmhouse. Today, I write books, books about the beauty of the ground beneath my feet. I also grow zucchini my four kids refuse to eat. As always, we are recording out in Pennsylvania at Christie's 100-year-old farmhouse called Maplehurst. That's currently covered in scaffolding because of all the places it's falling apart. <laughs> Don't forget the holes in the porch. I know, and the smell of mushroom farms and manure. Right, because when we say out of the ordinary, we mean it. Our friendship, this farmhouse, and all our conversations grew out of small, ordinary, everyday moments. Because really, the truth is that everything big starts small. Get comfy. Here we go. So Lisa Joe, you came up with a name for this podcast, didn't you? Which is surprising since I am not actually good at naming things, I feel like. And to be perfectly fair, it was my husband, Peter. It was Peter. <laughs> it was totally Peter. But this is the thing. I'm always good at talking my way around what I think something should be called. But then he was like, why don't you call it out of the ordinary then? So I do believe I was sitting talking about how you and I believe so much that the daily rhythms of our life are so significant. And I kept saying to him, you know, it's just ordinary time and ordinary moments. They're so beautiful if we could just focus in on them enough, you know. It's not just about the extraordinary. It's about what comes out of the ordinary things that become extraordinary stories. And then Pete said, why don't you just call it that? Out of the ordinary. <laughs> well done, Pete. And uh, we like it because it's this play on words because out of the ordinary seems to imply extraordinary. Uh -huh. And that is our belief that it's out of these seemingly small or mundane or boring or repetitive things that truly extraordinary stories can grow. And I think that's what sustained our friendship for all these years, because we both believe that, I mean, deeply in the rhythms of our own lives. That's true. That's true. We do. Although I have a feeling that your ordinary might be different from my ordinary. Well, I, don't, I don't have a feeling. I know. Okay. Because, <laughs> you Let's know, be honest here. <laughs> when I remember when I came and visited the farmhouse and you had row after row after row, bookshelf row after row of Martha Stewart. <laughs> magazines. And I had the previous week made fun on social media of like, who are the people who buy Martha Stewart? Why? Why would you put yourself through that I torture? I have learned all kinds of great <laughs> things from Martha Stewart. Bless I was always her. like, who are the people who read this and yeah. you? Some of the most important parts of my very ordinary life. Yeah, I would say I've I've gleaned from the pages of Martha Stewart Living Magazine. Um, let me think. So definitely the jam making every year for things I cannot relate to at all. You said the words jam, <laughs> jam making. making. In my world, jam is something you go to the grocery store and you pick off the shelf. Right. This is exactly what I'm talking about. So what's ordinary to you seems to me exhausting, completely yeah. insurmountable Everest no, to make jam it's from scratch. such a sweet part of my sweet life part. is sweet, literally, for years and years. <laughs> I It would have been 
goodness, my oldest is almost 15. I think she was two the first time we took her strawberry picking. So at least 13 years. You were in Chicago. We were in Chicago and we drove across the border up into Wisconsin to a strawberry farm, picked berries with her. I don't think I have missed a year since. Wow. And Lily is now, how old is she? She's almost 15. 15. Yeah. So it's been quite a few years. So every year, June begins for me with finding out where I can go and pick strawberries. Only when we lived in Florida briefly, I would get them from a roadside stand because they were so available there. But yeah, picking the berries and just sitting, it just takes a day, not even a day, half a day, to make that quick and if easy. If it's you or Martha, if I it know, was I me, know. it would become a week of despair <laughs> but, and disaster. Uh, that freezer strawberry jam is so good and so easy. I even had a special, we had that little apartment in Chicago, but one year for Christmas, I think my husband gave me a little chest freezer and it tucked right into a closet in the kitchen, just barely, barely. And really it was so, I had a place for all my freezer jam. So I'll, yeah, every June pick berries, make the jam, and then we get to eat the most delicious, fresh strawberry flavor um, all year long. And so my goal every year has been in that day or that half day to make enough to keep us in jam for the year. And then if I get to pick other berries later in the summer, like, oh, the best are the black raspberries. They make the best jam. And so that I'll actually can so I can store it on the shelf and give it as Christmas gifts. So yeah, that's, I mean, that become when I a think rhythm of ordinary then, life, yeah, it's your a rhythm. kids just expected to then. Exactly. A way of marking the start of summer, a way of enjoying summer in the winter. But actually, so this is reminding me that this summer was different. And I had a hard time with it. This summer has had more travel for me for various reasons. I don't normally travel as much in the summer. Um, Mostly, well, I like staying home. I'm a homebody. But as a gardener, too, it's hard to leave your garden when it's finally (laughs) finally blooming. But this summer's had more travel, more work. And so, wait, in the past few years, the strawberries for the jam come from your own garden? Is that Um, right? Or do you still go somewhere else? I do grow strawberries, but we tend to just eat those Okay. Straight up. Yeah. So <laughs> around here, I have found this great pick your own farm just 20 minutes away. So yeah. Because I've often wondered who are the people who go and pick things on farms for fun? <laughs> no part of that sounds it does fun. sound like, Hot, like you're paying for the privilege work. of, yeah. <laughs> I always watch the, I obsess about the weather and I try to wait for like the coolest possible morning because <laughs> right. I, I don't like to sweat. I right. don't like to sweat. So yeah, this summer things were just busy. And as June was approaching and as we moved into June, it was a later spring and I knew the berries were ripening later, but I still, I just kept looking at my calendar and I was feeling, you're going to laugh, but I was feeling an incredible amount of stress as I was trying to figure out when am I going to go get the berries and when When am am I I going to make my jam? Yeah. Yeah. I was really, I was really getting kind of stressed about it and I just couldn't make it work. And at one point I even told my son, Bo, who loves the the jam is really, Mm -hmm. it's for me, but it's also for him. He loves the strawberry jam, eats it all winter. And I, I knew he would have strong feelings. <laughs> because this is a big thing for him. I mean, yeah. this is what we talk about. It might seem small. Yeah. It might seem ordinary. But in his life and really yeah. in the rhythms of your family, yeah. it had it become is. a touchstone. I mean, a beautiful, yeah. you're bottling your beautiful yeah. memories of summer and to eat in never, the winter. He's never known a winter where we didn't have. Wow strawberry freezer jam coming out of the freezer bottle after, you know, jar after jar. He's never, cause I've been doing it since before he was born. So yeah, I even told him, Bo, I don't know, uh, this is going to happen. And uh, yeah, he freaked out. He didn't like the sound <laughs> of that. Well, Lisa Joe, I, I couldn't do it. I really? couldn't make it happen. I just couldn't find the time. And did you feel um, guilty about it? So I felt all kinds of things. I really? felt, well, at first I felt all this stress 
trying to make it happen. And then there came this moment where I realized, um, it's just jam. <laughs> it's just jam. But of course, the point is, it's not. It's not I mean, that's right, the point of right. our whole idea of yeah. out of the ordinary comes yeah. extraordinary things. Isn't that interesting how you yeah. have to kind of go through the full circle? Like, it's not just jam in the beginning because right. it's meaningful. But then if that thing starts to have a hold on you beyond yes, really its which place. It had. Exactly. Then it is just jam again. Exactly. It has to go back to the right space. Lisa Joe, I had to let it go. Wow. I had to just let it go and say... Not only will I not pick strawberries this June for the first time in years and years and years, I will not do that with my children. But this winter, I mean, there's no going back. I won't right, eat. It's past. I won't the eat, time yeah, is over. I will not eat strawberry wow. freezer jam this winter. We will eat strawberry jam from the big jar you buy at Costco. Like the rest of us. Like the rest of you. <laughs> <laughs> and my son better not complain. No, no but I, yeah, I just had I mean, to let you it should go. really know. Christy, you should take some of that Costco jam and then put it into one of your strawberry freezer jam oh, jars and put Slap it in the freezer and see, if, and he see if he notices the difference. I come on, you got to do that. If he would, I mean, I, I, I'm, I promise you, it does not taste the same. <laughs> but I, I would notice. He. I wonder. Isn't actually. that funny? Because don't you think that maybe some of it is what it represents? Yeah, like it's the magic of opening the freezer and here's my jam and it is. It's also how it tastes. But no, you're right. You're right. It yeah. would be interesting to see like how much meaning and joy he could still get out of but it. But you had to let that, that go. I mean, this small thing, this ordinary thing that that wasn't, yeah. that's big. How long do you feel it, like it took you? Did you kind of first think? Over weeks. I'm, it was weeks. It was weeks. <laughs> it was weeks yeah. of it coming back and me thinking it through again. So the funny thing is once I finally admitted, okay, I'm leaving town in a few days. This is not going to happen. You would be a fool to try to go pick strawberries, you know, the day before packing and all of that. So when I, when I said, okay, this is not happening, then it was like all kinds of possibilities opened. Hmm. And I thought not, well, of course I'll make jam next year, but I thought maybe, maybe something has ended. Mm. And I, and I, I wasn't, I just thought, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I won't make jam next year either. Mm. Now I don't know. I have, I'm not making those kind of decisions at this point. Again, it's just jam, but it was funny how just letting it go that one time made me realize maybe some ordinary things don't last forever. Hmm. Maybe, Maybe they're not the, supposed to. Yeah. 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 And they occupy that incredibly special place in the cycles of a family's traditions. Right. But as our kids' lives change and then as our lives change mm -hmm. and we enter into new seasons and rhythms, we get to a point where – Maybe you do. You you kind of you move out. You outgrow. You outgrow certain traditions right. that are deeply meaningful because you need to make room for other ones. I guess yeah. I don't know. Maybe I won't make strawberry freezer jam again but until I'm I make sad, it with my grandkids. Now I want some. <laughs> <laughs> okay, twist my arm. <laughs> I got to take a moment quickly to let you know what came in the mail today. I am holding in my hands the most beautiful, brand new. Encourage Devotional Bible. This just released this week. It comes out from the community of Encourage, and I'm so delighted to be able to tell you guys that this devotional Bible invites every woman to find her story within the greatest story ever told, God's story of redemption. The amazing part is it includes 312 devotions by, wait for it, 122 writers, including both Christy and I. And we're so excited to let you know that this month, all month, the month of October, if you buy the Encouraged Devotional Bible from dayspring.com, you get 20% off and a free leather journal. 
Listen, sisters, this is so beautiful. You're going to want this on your bedside. You're going to want to give it as gifts to friends. We will drop in the show notes for you a link to pick up your own copy of the brand new Encouraged Devotional Bible. But here is the bonus that comes with this. Every time we have new friends partner with the show, it gives us an opportunity, thanks to their generosity, to highlight a new up-and-coming writer's voice. And today, we are so thrilled to shine a spotlight on our friend, Patrice Gopo. Patrice has written a book. It's just come out. It's called All the Colors We Will See. And Lisa, Joe, and I have both read it. And the writing is amazing. It's memoir. It's essay. Patrice is writing about um, growing up in Alaska. Uh, It's gorgeous. These are the stories that you know that you want to sit down, curl up with a cup of tea, and lean into conversations between other women in different stages, places, zip codes of life in order to understand our own stories better. That's such an interesting thought about a family, you know, because that's part of what you and I talk about a lot, even though the things we consider ordinary yet meaningful are different for one another. Yours is jam. Mine is definitely not. And as you and I have been thinking about this conversation, one of the things that has struck me is there are going to be those ordinary things in our lives that sometimes we need to let go because it's holding too big of a hold over us or we just don't have the time. It's moved on. And it's not as big or meaningful as we thought it was for many years. It's changed. Hmm. But then I think on the flip side is that there are going to be others that we feel we might be tired of or that are a drag, Uh but because they've become so significant and our our kids aren't ready to let go of them and we aren't ready, we hold on to them. I mean, so where, where am I going with this? Get practical, Lisa Joe. So at our house, we do this thing called Wednesday night parenting. You've heard me talk about this for a yeah. long time. I wish this thing would die, okay? <laughs> I cannot you want to let get it rid go. of it. <laughs> it is so ordinary. There is nothing like you know, if you were telling another parent, I do this, there's just nothing that's like, oh, wow, that's genius parenting at all about it. It started when our kids were really little, but they were big enough to start sleeping in their own beds. Uh But they were still small enough that they liked to be in our bed. And so they would inevitably by morning, all three of them would end up back there. And Pete and I got to a point where we just put our foot down and said, this is ridiculous. You are not sleeping with us all the time anymore. But of course, that's a very hard negotiation to have with tiny terrorists because that's (laughs) how toddlers feel like. And so we made a compromise and we told them, and I'm trying to think how old they were at the time. They must have been, I don't know, around six and four and younger. We said, Wednesday nights, you can still sleep in our bed. We gave them Wednesday nights. That's why it's called Wednesday nights. It's this big fancy title. Not. So on Wednesday nights, they were allowed to come into bed with us. And really, it was the boys at first because Zoe was still a baby. I was going to ask, all of them together? Zoe was too little. So she was still in her crib, but it was Mm. the two boys. And they became this huge thing. They would anticipate it all week. They would then tell us early in the morning, it's Wednesday today. I mean, they'd start on Tuesday night and start telling us, tomorrow's Wednesday. It's Wednesday night. And for years, the two of them would sleep in our bed with us on Wednesday nights. But really, what it's turned into is an opportunity where they crawl into bed and then start telling us their secrets from the day and their fears and what happened at school and asking all their big questions about faith or doubt or cute girls or how did you meet mom as they've gotten older. And now my children are 13, 10, (laughs) and 7. And we still do 
Wednesday nights. It's ridiculous. So no. So it's had to change. Okay. So what we do now is that one of them sleeps with me Mm -hmm. in the big bed. Mm -hmm. And then Peter, because he is a saint, goes and sleeps in one of the twin beds in the boys' room so he can be with the other boy. He's a saint. Right. And then Zoe, she will come and sleep. She likes to make herself a bed on the floor in my bedroom. Oh, how perfect. So she'll sleep there. Or sometimes she'll say she's coming in on Tuesday because there's not room on Wednesday. (laughs) It's like a negotiation. But it has become for our children a mile marker of intimacy with us that we realize as parents is more important the older they get, especially with boys. I I feel like my daughter would just give me a play-by-play of every second of her day, whether I want to hear it or not. But with boys, it's sometimes difficult to get them to go to that next level, especially as they're getting older. Yeah, that's true. But my 13-year-old I can go a whole day where he's totally into sports and into his homework and I'll ask him things. How did your day go? Or how was practice? Or, you know, you get pretty basic one word or one sentence answers, but he will tell me it's Wednesday night, mom, and get into that bed. And suddenly I cannot shut that kid up. I mean, he will talk and talk and talk. And we always go to bed way too late on Wednesday nights, but it's an investment in this relationship we have with them. And I... So here's the part about it being a habit that's hard, an ordinary gift that I have to work to receive. Because every night by nine, and especially as they get older, by 9.30 or 10, you want to be done. Yeah. The mom shop needs to close right? <laughs> at some point. And what's hard about Wednesdays is it doesn't because there he is in bed <laughs> waiting be really for hard. me. Yeah. And the introvert in me just wants to retreat into a Netflix show and not have to talk about deep or meaningful things mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. at that time of night. But um, I fight it. I mean, I resist it. I tell him, really, it's not really Wednesday or let's skip Wednesday and do Thursday this week. And they are relentless. But when I show up in that bed every single Wednesday night, I'm amazed by what I learn, what I'm able to share with him, what he shares with me. It's, I mean, it's a completely ordinary, almost boring thing that we do that is probably one of the most significant pieces of our parenting. It's so crazy. And I said to Peter one night when I was really bitter about it, how long is this going to continue? I mean, this is insane. <laughs> Are our children going to come home from college and tell us it's Wednesday night, mom, I'm getting in bed with you. I said to Jackson, are you going to be married one day and come home with your you know, wife and say, I got to go sleep with mom. It's Wednesday night. I'll be in her bed. And he laughed and he said, maybe, maybe I will. <laughs> But my husband said to me, as long as our children want to climb into bed and tell us their stories and share their lives with us, I will never turn them away. So good for him. We're in it for the long haul, man. Wednesday nights. That's that's ours. It could not be more ordinary. I was about to say, and it's even Wednesday night, like the most ordinary, ordinary, boring week day. Yes. It's just hump day and all the hump day, man. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's it. So there's no getting out of that one. It's not, mm-hmm. and it's not like with your jam where you have all the work, right? You, mm-hmm. really, you really couldn't do it. Right. I mean, Wednesday, I, if I'm there right. and I'm sleeping, there's, there's no excuse. And I know because I have tried them all with my children and there is no excuse. They will show up for Wednesday nights. So is that what's happening tonight? It's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. Yes, you know that it is. My son told me before I came up to Maplehurst, when I left on Tuesday, he told me, tomorrow's Wednesday. Oh, how (laughs) funny. So they really anticipate. Even when we travel, if we're on vacation. Oh, no. (laughs) Yes. They will come into our room and say, it's Wednesday night. Mm. I'm like, but we're on vacation. It Mm. doesn't count. (laughs) But it has become one of those reminders about how 
there really is no such thing as ordinary mm -hmm. and that ordinary I love that the that ordinary is right there embedded in the word extraordinary extraordinary yeah as we actually say in South Africa we don't say extraordinary we say extraordinary oh I didn't know yeah that. and so when I think about this podcast I love that we get to talk about things like jam and Wednesday night parenting right because those are the rhythms that define our lives. And I often think the stories that we live that feel like Groundhog Day for us, mm -hmm. we are living what is going to be like our children's memories. Yeah. These are going to be the stories they tell about their own childhood. Mm -hmm. You know, Bo will talk about jam and right. my kids will talk about Wednesday nights. And these will be defining parts of how they understood themselves in our families. That's just not an ordinary thing. That's not, that's incredible. That's totally worth it. I know. Yeah. It's good you're telling me I need that reminder today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it makes me think of our listeners because it is an interesting exercise to look around at your life and think, what is it that we do in our family that from the outside or even from the inside seems pretty ordinary just in and of itself and yet there's some, it's taken on some role in our family that has elevated it in a way you never would have expected so that so that it's actually an extraordinary part of your family story right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's something people can think about, even if they don't have kids living at home with them right now, maybe cast their minds back to their childhoods. I'm already thinking like, oh, I know there were some things for, for me like that growing mm -hmm. up, things that were just absolutely ordinary that maybe my parents didn't even give any thought to but it's like a touchstone for me. Right, because I think we live in a culture now that seems to tell us everything has to be bigger and better and shinier and fancier and pricier mm -hmm. for our children. That's very true. That's a lot of pressure. And it just doesn't. Yeah. I just don't think that it has to. And I think whether you have children or not, our lives are made up of these rhythms. Mm -hmm. So with our spouse or a significant other, or if you're unmarried but in your own family still, if you're in college, when you go home, think about what's that like when mm -hmm. you go back to your family? What is that like? And I actually have a dear friend, um, you know her too, Hillary Yancey. Mm -hmm. And she, I remember telling her about Wednesday night parenting and she said, oh, I love that so much because in our house, we always used to jump in the bed too. Too, a lot yeah. of the time ours was always in the mornings we would crawl into bed and everyone would kind of wake up together and share mm. their stories and she said when we come home from college all four of us Aww. will come into our parents bed in the mornings and That's just hang great. out and catch up and talk and it gave me such a renewed sense of the wonder of this completely ordinary and mm. to be honest often frustrating mm -hmm. thing that we do with our own kids because to hear it from somebody who's now an adult mm -hmm. who lived through something similar and how much it's defined how she sees her family and her closeness within her family was really special for me it's interesting i guess we're saying these ordinary things matter more than we realize hold on to them persist until and at the same time yeah okay sometimes no sometimes right. let go and i guess it's just a matter of discernment and, right. and maybe just circumstance sometimes you don't have a choice mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes it's decided for you yeah but how beautiful that we all do have things i mean you held on to strawberry jam for mm -hmm. 12 years mm -hmm. that's that's amazing yeah. that's a lifetime of something ordinary that had become something significant yeah and really 12 years that's longer than I've done Wednesday night parenting now. Hmm. It's kind of amazing. I would love to hear from our listeners, like what some of their ordinary things yeah, are. Yeah, that'd be great. They're yeah. ordinary, extraordinary things. Exactly. 
Yeah, please do that, you guys. As usual, on Instagram, we would love to connect with you there. That's the best place for us. We know that there are a lot of other platforms, but but at the end of the day, we are tired and old and have a lot of children. <laughs> and we just have to pick the one that's the most one. convenient yeah. for us. <laughs> it's Instagram. <laughs> so if you're listening today, this is a great opportunity. Yes, I'm going to plug it. Go ahead and take a picture and share on Instagram that you're listening to the Out of the Ordinary podcast and then share a picture of what your Out of the Ordinary moment is today in your family or in your routine. And Christy, you can't share a picture of jam since you don't have any right now. Mm, maybe I will <laughs> get I your Costco, get your maybe big old Costco jam jar. Costco jam. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I will decant it into a little crystal ah, yes. bowl and go. make my Costco jam special. <laughs> make it special. Yes. I think that it really is just about the story that we bring to those ordinary things. Ah. Because in the beginning, it was just jam for you, right? Ooh, I like that. But there's a story attached to it yeah. now that your kids tell and there's a narrative because you've lived it over and over again. Mm. And then becomes part of your DNA in the same way that Wednesday nights do for us. So extraordinary things are just ordinary things with stories. <gasps> Ooh, write mm-hmm. that down. I love that. Yes. So if you're listening in today, we would love to get a peek into what your ordinary, extraordinary things are. Your ordinary, extraordinary things, as we would say in <laughs> South Africa. Please go ahead and tag me, Lisa Jo Baker. And, and Christy Purifoy. And go ahead and add our hashtag out of the ordinary podcast. Let people know which episode you're listening to because, man, it'd be really fun to get a sneak peek into other people's lives, what their ordinary, extraordinary looks like. Great. We will connect with you on Instagram. Looking forward to seeing your pictures. <laughs> <laughs>